Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. There is a world out there of people who are deep into the business. I mean, they are not just, they're not just opening stores and, and, and selling some, um, you know, some tinctures and stuff. There's, there are businesses that are within businesses within businesses. And a lot of those people can be found at events around the country because it's national called Canna Gather. Mm-hmm. And here in Los Angeles, the guy who runs it is Rico Tarver. Rico, I'm correct that... Kind of gather is national, right? Yes, we have 18 locations nationwide. Can you give us some idea of how it began? Kind of gather began about five years ago with uh, my partner, a uh, good guy in the industry, Josh Weinstein. Um, On the website as the founder. Yes, yes. he is the founder, uh, the OG. What's up, Josh? Um, <laughs> yeah, he started about five years ago um, as the legalization talks started to gather steam. He wanted to get the conversation going in New York, so we started it as High NY. Um, so it was originally High NY, um, evolved into Canagather. Um, I was introduced to him last year um, through Denise Biderman, who is the uh, founder of um, Mary's List. And um, she came out, she's been to a couple of my events, a couple of my parties, and she's like, Rico, you'd be great at hosting, you'd be great doing uh, my friend Josh's um, um, uh, event series called Canna Gather. And I found out he was from New York and I just lost interest (laughs) 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 because uh, I'd slowly become the uh, California weed snob that I that I despised when I first got in the industry. (laughs) But um, yeah, I was actually doing an event at um, uh, Soho House and um, uh, Meatpacking District um, out in in Manhattan. And I got a chance to meet him, got a chance to see the event. I loved the format. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of the content, and I saw why he wasn't um, as successful out here. But I brought that out and um, flipped it out, uh, flipped it on its head, and um, was able to build something successful. I gotta tell you, I, I went to one of your meetings <clears throat> in uh, Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. I thought there'd be a couple of dozen people. It was close to a couple of hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Who are these people? Who was there? I mean, this was well. That's how I met Rico. Huge attendance. This I was, had this, I had yeah. a friend invite me to one of the gatherings a few months ago, and I was so pleased. My friend Josh, yeah, not uh, from Ackerman Legal, uh-huh. and uh, it was a great event. I was actually going to see Al Harrington on your panel. Yeah. And shout out to Al. Yeah, hey Al. And uh, I met Paul Rosen, who uh, was on the panel as well that night. And yeah, of course, the two of you and you as well. And so <laughs> yes. it's actually been a really amazing group and network of people. Who would you tell people it's targeted towards? Like, who wants to come to these events if they're listening? So, Canna Gather is targeted at pretty much everybody. Well, my brand of Canna Gather, especially. Um, I have a unique background through um, athletics, both amateur and professional. Um, and I was in corporate finance for 10 years, um, then into the cannabis industry. Um, so I bring people from, I've gathered people, if you will, uh, from uh, all walks of life uh, and through my journey in life, and I bring them all um, along with me. So coming out to Canada Gather, you would not be um, out of the norm for you to run into a billionaire investor. 
there. You have um, inv- who's in jeans and a baseball cap. Yeah, mind he you. might be in sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, big time investors, C-suite executives from some of the largest companies in the industry, uh, owners, operators, social equity applicants, uh, influencers, celebrities, and pro athletes. Pretty much everybody. Um, we just gather them in and bring them into the industry. So whether you're an investor, uh, investor, uh, whether you are an industry vet, whether you're looking to get into the industry, like everybody comes out to Canada gather. And, um, I really target uh, a broad spectrum of, uh, hey, look at that pun there. <laughs> <laughs> I like a it. A full spectrum of, uh, individuals to come out and enjoy themselves, learn about the industry in a different way that nobody's doing in California. And what way would that be? Um, so when I got in the industry, um, on the legal side, uh, I started with a company called Baker Technologies, helped them go public. Um, and you really can't attack California through the traditional means, um, as any other state. So we've had some sort of legalization here in California over the, the last 23 plus years. So a lot of people have grown up in their silos, they're stuck in their ways, and they're doing things the way they want to do things, and that's just it. Um, another thing about the California cannabis industry is there's so many events. Like I just came back from the Hall of Flowers. Uh, you have uh, the Emerald Cup, Emerald Exchange, and New West Summit, NCIA, CCIA. There's so many different. So many acronyms, your head spins. Yeah. And you know what I do? I call my friend Ophelia, and I ask her which yeah. ones to go to. Just so Shout you know. out Ophelia. <laughs> yes. Um, so... The way I got into the industry, it was my first time ever failing in sales. Um, I got in. Baker is a SaaS company. So we're selling over the phone, selling through emails, every other com- uh, every other um, state. And they were in 12 states at the time and just could not get into what selling? California. So it's a SaaS platform. So software as a service is a oh, thank you. digital loyalty. Uh, loyalty programs. If you ever go into a dispensary, you check in at a dispensary. Um, chances are, up until about a year ago, all of that was Baker Technology. It's like when you go to the grocery store and you gave them your loyalty phone yeah, number right. kind of thing okay. at a cannabis store. See, I, I think most of the folks who will go into a store have no idea this is going on. Yeah. No. There's, I mean, it's like... You know, don't I, you know, I, I hand him a $20 bill. He hands me a product that's, you know, that goes in a cigar box somewhere. That's about it. Uh, folks don't know that there's there's a business behind the business. Yeah. My favorite yes. is people call me and they're like, you know, you really should think about starting a tech company that maybe is like a website to buy marijuana. It's like, you don't think there's like 300 <laughs> sites out there that have already done it? Exactly. It's, you know, people don't understand that there's an established industry, especially yeah. in California. Yeah. Yeah, so I was, and, it, and it doubled in size just while you were speaking. Yes, yes, yes. Probably triple by the time we're finished. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but I got stonewalled. Um, I, I could not get into any dispensaries. I couldn't. Nobody answered my phone calls. Nobody responded to emails. And it was the first time in corporate sales that um, I'd failed. I called my sister up. I was about ready to quit, and um, she was a uh, consultant to a lot of the farmers um, up north, and uh, she was living in Sebastopol um, at the time, out in uh, Sonoma County. And she told me, she's like, go to a Women Grow meeting. I was like, what the hell is Women Grow? And um, I went to a Women Grow meeting. Um, wasn't a fan of the content there, but the networking was fantastic. I met. They allow men to go? I, that's a silly question, <laughs> but I'm serious. Men grow too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I just wasn't sure a lot of these events are yeah. women, but I didn't understand. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. They're cool with that? Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I uh, went to Women Grow meeting and I met some of the most prominent people um, that helped shape 
my career in cannabis. Uh, the the biggest of which would be uh, Virgil Grant. Um, so Virgil Grant from um, uh, his work in social uh, equity, um, all that stuff. It was crazy just to hear his story. Um, if you don't know his story, you know, I heard it at yeah. the event. It was yeah. fantastic. Exactly, one of uh, ten uh, um, uh, pre ICO owners got arrested by the DEA in 2010. He's the only one that was African-American and he's the only one that did time. He did six years, one for each of his uh, dispensaries. And then he actually helped uh, draft Measure M from prison. Um, And he got out and he helped legalization go through. Um, I met him. I was totally inspired by his story. And I told him, I was like, I was ready to quit Baker at this point. I'm failing anyways. I was like, dude, can I be your mentee or something like that? And I told him, I was like, we had Baker. We had just raised like three million dollars, and at the time, it is unheard of in the in, in the industry. I was like, I can't get anybody to call me back. And he's like, he laughed a little bit. And he was like, Yeah, man, it's it's, it's all good. Um, he said, You guys aren't in California because nobody knows who you are. He said, If you want to sell in this state, you have to get on the ground. You have to meet people. You have to be visible. That's the best advice anybody to this day has given me. Listen up and hear that, everybody (laughs) in this industry. And um, to this day, when I talk to I do some consulting with some um, uh, companies and I talk to the different sales teams, everybody coming in, I I tell them in California, it's a very different beast. It's very regional. It's very, very territorial. Um, Out of sight, off the shelf. You know what you're saying? Simple as that. Events, events, events. What you're saying that's kind of kind of amazing is that as big as the industry is, Uh it's still a small town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like face to face. Oh yeah, people want to meet, and that's why Canada Gather yeah. is a unique and wonderful opportunity yes, for people is. to actually meet. Yes, and uh, I try to bring everybody together um, from every end of the industry and give them an opportunity. Uh, there's nothing I love more than having social equity applicants that are struggling uh, to get money at the bottom of the totem pole and get to introduce them to these billionaire investors, get to introduce them to these large CEOs, rub elbows with them because there's no other true forum that you can have that. Like there's a lot of these large investor forums that are closed door meetings and and stuff. You don't have access for people uh, that are at the bottom that have done the work over decades and they don't get the opportunities because these people are having closed door meetings without them in, in mind without them um, um, as, a, as a subject matter in that meeting. Well, I think also people go to there's these some of the events are huge, mm-hmm. like the conferences yeah. in Vegas yeah. or downtown L.A. They get washed out and they go there with the hope of meeting those investors. But mm-hmm. so do hundreds of thousands of people. Yes. Your events are much more intimate. Exactly. And meaningful. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, consider that, that we have done events in people's houses, mm-hmm. you know, for, for like geriatrics who are interested in. In, in healing, you know, in, in curing pain, basically, they've uh-huh. given up on some of your friends. On, on all yeah. Your, yeah, yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, I got stories, <laughs> um, and you know, and, and the, the 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 people in the industry have shown up at people's houses and done a presentation, right? And you go, that that's amazing. And they would just drive to somebody's house and speak to like, you know, a dozen um, mahjong players. Mm-hmm. Which is why exactly what they were doing. Mahjong. <laughs> no, I, these, these are Mahjong ladies. Well, I want yeah. to go back to hear how you actually got into the cannabis part of. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Virgil Grant, he told me like out of sight, out of mind. I just went straight door to door. Like unheard of. <laughs> like it wasn't in our budget at Baker, but it's okay. Um, I left corporate finance. I sold one of my cars. And um, so I had a little bit of runway for myself. And I just went out and met people. 
And I saw event after event. Um, we didn't have a real marketing budget at Baker uh, for me. So what I did was I traded services. So I would do check-in. So, so shout out Sam Zartoshti. Uh, that was my first uh, big opportunity working with Blunt Talks. Um, and I did check-in at Blunt Talks. I did check-in at um, every event at Hitman um, uh, Cafe. I did check-in with pretty much anybody that I could. And I did, you know, I'd export the data afterwards, doing check-in and running digital raffles at all of these events. And I got to meet pretty much everybody that at the high end of the industry, at the low end of the industry, I, I just started building up my Rolodex, building up my Rolodex. And then I saw what was wrong with all of these events is they're all the same. All of them are the same. And that's why I built Canagather out here totally different than anything else that you'll see in the industry. And that's how so. All right. So if you go to MJ BizCon, New West Summit, um, CWCBE at the end of this week, you're going to see a lot of panel discussions of people from the top end of the industry. We already have that information in California. We've been around for two decades. It's not Cannabis 101. So people really, and that's why you're going to see a lot of those um, big uh, um, events in California, except for Hall of Flowers, because it's very unique as well. Um, but a lot of these like large events, they're not going to be really selling out. Because you can get the same information on a meetup, like a weekly meetup on a Wednesday night, that you can get from, uh, I don't know, like some cannabis bigwig at these large conferences. Another thing is they all have boxed or um, 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 uh, pre-conceived sound bites that they're going to say. So you can hear them say the same thing over and over and over again. You can hear them say the same thing online. You saw they said the same thing when they were in New York. Um, So what I got their party line and what they're pitching. Yes. And it's everywhere. It's the same exact thing. And so that's why you see a lot of these large conferences, especially in California, not everywhere else, but in California, they're not as well attended anymore because there's Everybody just copies each other and there's no originality anymore. So when I brought when I um, built out Canagather, I flipped it on its head like no panels. You're never going to see any panels on Canagather. Hopefully, fingers crossed. That <laughs> of mine. Um, no panels because nobody's going to be able to have like, oh, I'm going to say this. I said this over and over and over again. You're never going to have that. It's all exclusive content. Um, I made it into interview session. Uh, it's more like a live infomercial. Um they are Q&A. Yeah, so, okay. there's Q&A at the end, but um, it's more of a live infomercial, um, whereas um, they're pre-screened questions. I'm not going to give any any gotcha questions on there because um, uh, the, the high end uh, keynotes, they do pay for to be on stage. They pay for access to my community. Uh, we have like 200 to 300 people come out monthly um, and I have a lot of investors there and I do data targeted audiences as well. So let's say um, you are a large retail chain CEO, you come in, you're just getting into into uh, California and you're looking for investors or you're looking for um, consumers, right? I target market those people to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. Um, and I try to get around like 20 to 30 percent of our attendees that month fall into that silo. Um, so they get the best value out of it. It's professionally wrapped. Uh, we help market their company for a month leading up to the event. I have follow ups with them, um, usher them into my Rolodex as well. Um, if they're looking to raise money, I connect them with my um, uh, with my investor um, um, network also. So there's a lot more to what we do than a lot of the other um, um, than a lot of the other event series uh, out there. And I'm really proud of that. Now, I got to tell you that. Not to sound like a broken record for mm-hmm. those who have listened to all the shows, mm-hmm. but with amazing consistency, 
virtually all the people we've had on as guests came to medical cannabis through a personal yeah. medical crisis. Right. And you are no exception right. to that. And right. it wasn't just playing football and you, and you, had, you, you, you had some pain, though I'm yeah. sure football caused a few pains. Yes. Uh, can you tell us about, about uh, your battle there? Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, I'm trying to get a little emotional on Friday. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I began my cannabis journey back when I was in middle school, right? So okay. I'm from Virginia, from the country, Fluvanna County, Virginia. My TEDx was actually on this. Um, my TEDx was, uh, is, 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 um, uh, the name of it was Man Behind the Mask, the Three Times of Cannabis Saved My Life, right? So I grew up. In the sticks, we had our moonshine, we had our beer, whatever. <laughs> um, but the first time I smoked weed, it was different. There's something different about the plant, and I loved it from from, from day one. And uh, that became my thing. I was actually a chain smoker in uh, middle school. Cannabis or <laughs> no, cigarettes? No, cigarettes, okay. like before I discovered weed. Like, I was never addicted to, to cigarettes. It was just like, you were you chain smoking stickies? It was cool kids, man. When you don't have a positive father figure at home you just hang out with the older cool kids and gang members and yeah. start smoking cigarettes <laughs> so uh smoking cigarettes and the first time i smoked weed i absolutely loved it and um i became an athlete it was just a secret stoner <laughs> and uh that's how it began um when i got to northwestern university where i played football um that's when things changed uh, my older teammates on the team actually told us you know uh, if you're a scholarship athlete like i was you don't get randomly tested. You know exactly when the testing cycles are. So, you know, we did what we did. What we did. But that was the first time that um, I was wow, able to I have. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time that I was able to have, like, growing from up in the South, you just stay to your, stick to your own. Only white friends I had were the white friends that I had on the baseball team, football team, track team, and the basketball team. That's it. It was just cut and dry. We didn't really see it as racism. We saw it as that's how it is. I uh, went to um, Chicago, play football in college. I had white friends now because we were smoking together. Whoever had the weed, whoever had that bag, we hop in the cypher. So um, uh, white friends, Asian friends, Indian friends. My first gay friends, you know, ever. It brings so, people together. Yes, it really is. It's a communal drug. So um, I left college football uh, my senior year. I went to the team doctor, had a sore throat, and uh, she gave me unlimited refills of Vicodin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I started partying on Vicodin, right? Wow. Like two beers and two Vicodin was a good night. Seriously then, addictive. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know. It's a good yeah. time. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know any better. So um, just start partying on it. Then uh, after I graduated, started training for the NFL, uh, ruptured my Achilles, um, Vicodin stopped working, Norco. I was depressed because uh, my homeboys were playing uh, in, the, in the league and I was getting fat now. Uh, Zoloft. And I couldn't sleep with all these uh, drugs in my body. Ambien. Ambien. It's like all this stuff in my body. And then um, about six months later, because we didn't have Obamacare at the time, I fell off the, uh, my, my parents' insurance and graduated. We were top 10 at the time. We're no longer top 10 university, but graduated. I was outside Wrigley Field selling weed to support my opioid habit. Wow. So that was, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So somehow I fell into a cool job. I ended up being a MC for backstage passes for Justin Timberlake, Nas. I, 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 I traveled with a bunch of pop artists in the Northeast, and that was awesome. And then in between tours, I ran into my best friend, Greg, who was in corporate finance. And uh, I sold out, went into corporate finance, was in corporate finance 10 years, and then I had a tumor. <laughs> uh, it was, your point yeah. was in your throat, so yeah. the tumor was in yeah. your throat. Yeah. And a tumor and was did you see it? Oh, yeah. 
Was yeah. this like throat cancer tumor? No, um, it was just a tumor. So my father actually died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. I thought I was next, but um, no, mine was benign. Thank God. Um, I think I actually think I'm the only one in my family who's had a benign tumor. Everybody else, like a lot of, uh, had a lot of death in my family. Uh, I'm from not being facetious here, but was the non-Hodgkin's connected with Roundup? Was that? You know, with my see, father? You know, I, I'm you know, not with, sure. With the, the weed killer. You yeah. see that ad on TV all the time. Oh, my for, God. That didn't um, mess with me. I know. Yeah. Know. I mean, it, it could be. I, I, I don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't that, know my that, father. That but, weed yeah. killer is supposed to, you know, one of, one of the effects is not Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. That guy got like a $280 million payout. Yeah, a lot of bucks. Yeah. From yeah. My, yeah, I saw that. I mean, he had to go through a lot for a lot of bucks, you know. Yeah. But my mom won't let my dad yeah. use Roundup anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, that's how I got in. Um, so I had it, already it been benign. an advocate. Yeah, it was benign. But that was my wake up call. I hated every second of that corporate finance career. It was time for me to get and out. The whole family had, had, had gone through cancer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not, not the whole family, but a lot of people in my family okay. on both Enough. sides. My mother's side and my father's side. Uh, my um, mother, uh, my, uh, my grandmother, uh, she died of pancreatic cancer. Uh, my uncle has uh, multiple myeloma. Um, my father, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, my sister had cervical. There really is a cancer gene. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, so how did this, how did this, so how did medical cannabis help? Um, so I came out here and I made it to the, up the ranks in corporate finance and we're doing good. All right. So made up the ranks in corporate finance and, um, I was a secret addict. And it really wasn't looked down upon because everybody's doing cocaine, everybody's doing uh, uh, drinking heavily in the office, and everybody's popping pills. So it didn't. Really and the addiction matter. choice at that point yeah. was was what what drug? Um, with me, um, yeah. what was the Sounds with like me? It was just drinking. It, whatever oh. is in front of you, like you, okay. you drinking heavily, and um, and then you just popping pills. Like I was, I was still on those pills that I was addicted to. I never lost that addiction. And then I came <clears> out here. One of my best buddies from Northwestern, um, his best friend owned a dispensary. It was the first time I learned about medicinal cannabis ever. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, medicinal weed. Yeah, just go, go just, just get blazed up. <laughs> and uh, he told me the difference between he taught me the difference between um, indica, sativa. And that's the first time I had ever heard of CBD as well. Um, I didn't know the exact science by, at the time, but um, about seven months later, I didn't need those pills. You know, let me tell you, to this day, I, yeah. we're still explaining CBD to people. Yeah. You know, it's like. Oh, it's weed, isn't it? It's just weed. Yeah. So, no, no, no. It's not just weed. Am I no, going to get drug tested at work and test positive? <laughs> yeah. CBDs. I got some good CBDs yeah, I got going. Them CBDs. You, know, you know what? I, did I send you a picture of um, some CBD product um, just a couple of days ago from Whole Foods? Yes. No, from Bristol Farms. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was on sale. Right at the counter. It yeah. was like Are you serious? the impulse item. And Bristol Farms CBD. Yeah. Bristol Farms was selling an impulse what? item. It was like a CBD cream. <laughs> and it was $2 at- off. Yeah, it was. I, 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 <laughs> but it was at the counter as you check out. This well, wasn't like uh, berries somewhere back on a shelf. I mean, how mainstream? Yes, we're California. Right. Okay, we we we're not so surprised here, right? Um, you know, the way you might be in I don't know some lesser state. Yes, <laughs> lesser but equal. <laughs> um, no, but that was that, that. That's my that's my story. How I got in, um, and when I had my tumor and I found I was benign, um, I quit. I had like I took maybe a three week leave of absence from work, gathered my thoughts. I went up to Oregon for my best friend's wedding and halfway through I, I pulled over, called my regional manager, told him I'm done. Yeah. That's it. Ten years. So I was a as a branch manager at a pretty prominent financial firm here in uh Avenue of the Stars. Um and uh 
10 years, like I was like, fuck it, I'm done. Like it wasn't me. And I was done with that. And I wanted to, I was either going to be a personal trainer or make it in the cannabis industry. One of them worked out. So I need to work on the other one. I'm kind of soft. You still got some nice arms. <laughs> the arms, I didn't lose the arms, man. I mean, the old, I'm, I'm finally getting the old man strength. I just don't lose it anymore. So <laughs> I'm very out of shape, I promise. Oh. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I, 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 I want to get back to Can Together for yes, a second. Can Together. Uh, which is that, you know, I mean, my image, and coming from San Francisco, my image yes. of, um, you know, the world of cannabis is, uh, you know, tie dyed and loose and pretty. And the folks I saw there, I don't think I saw people in ties and jackets, but I'll bet there are people in ties and jackets. Yeah. And this was this was a serious yeah. world of business. Yes. Um and it made me wonder, is is you know, the the, the loosey goosey world of cannabis has, is that over? Is that gone? Is it now is it a business? Yes and no. Um and you just don't judge a book by its cover. Like some of the most prominent and most that's um, how I judge all my books. <laughs> Me too. You have to dig deeper. Everyone has a yeah. great sales pitch yeah. and you really have to do your due diligence in this industry yeah. because yeah. there's a ton of fraud. Yeah. People who masquerade as who knows what. It's kind of crazy. But I, I come from that. I come from corporate finance. And yeah. There's bigger fraudsters and there's bigger loosey goosiness in corporate finance than I've ever seen in the cannabis industry. And yeah. people so, think a suit and tie is the first is validation. Nothing. It yeah. means like it, you it have to do nothing. your diligence, dig, yeah. research people, find out a, why they left their last company. Can together is the only place you'll see me in a in a in a suit though. You, you are, well, <laughs> I, I wear you are nicely else. um turned out. Um, yes. Appreciate that, bro. You um uh, you know, you were easy to identify, not only were you were a point of a center point and, and with a big smile, but you were also you were very well attired. I uh, appreciate it. Um, I clean up nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know it's like I mean I used to work in New York uh-huh. and one he of the reasons, a New Yorker. One of the I, reasons I, 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 I what I part said, of New York? Uh, well, I, I was living in Manhattan, uh, but I, I'm from the Bronx, right. the Bronx. My family's from uh, Mountain Vernon and uh, New Rochelle. Oh, they are rich people up, up yeah. upstate there. That, that's uh, the burbs. The I burbs. Was, <laughs> I was, I was inner city man, along with with um, with your parents. Yeah, so my, my yeah. parents and yeah. Merrill, that's our nice. connection. But, so um, they all grew up Poe in New York. I could dig it. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I was, you know, Strongest I was out of college of and I was working in Midtown and I was I was tie and jacket, mm-hmm. and I you know you got your your time for lunch. You went down to the the sandwich place. You stood in line. And you got your um, you know your, your tuna salad sandwich. You ate it standing up. You know in the in the in the sandwich place. Yeah. And one day I looked around. And I said, "What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm too young. I mean, this, <laughs> is this the rest of my life I'm looking at? <laughs> it really was like a cartoon." And so I bailed. I went to San Francisco and. Uh, for years, I didn't have any ties at all. Isn't it great? I still got friends out here in Los Angeles. They, they don't have ties. They, they borrow ties. They have to go I, to something. I did 10 years um, of that. My dad wore a sport jacket to McDonald's once. Mm-hmm. We He's so East Coast. He was out here. We were taking my kids to dinner, and I apologize for taking them there. We don't do it anymore. But he's like, it's cold out. I'm going to put on a sport jacket. I'm like, you're wearing a sport jacket to McDonald's? Like, come on. At least he was wearing a tie. <laughs> the thing is, your dad is a dentist, and he doesn't really have to wear a jacket at all. He right. does to work. Does sometimes. he really? Yeah, he's nasty. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So anyway. being at the part of the industry that you're yes. At, yes. which is unique to us because it's really not, you know, a lot of what we deal with is the products. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you seeing? I mean, where do you see it going? You know, is is this, is is the, the loose, nutty uh, dispensary 
going to be a thing of the past. And it's, it's going to be like um, you, you want your CBD products, you go to CVS and you go to Whole Foods and you go to to Bristol Farms. I mean, is it or, or Bed Bath & Beyond? I mean, are, are we getting I'm more a, formal here? I'm a data guy, so um, I don't really pull any punches when it comes to stuff like that. I think you're going to have a couple of niche markets for the dispensary land. You're going to have some high-end dispensaries, mm-hmm. um, some that are very, very focused. But I really think that everything's going towards delivery. Um, yeah, it's going to be going towards Amazon delivery style model. You're going to have really, really nice dispensaries and pockets everywhere. And then all the CBD, all that stuff is going to be over there. We've over tried the some of that stuff yeah. where um, basically you, you order on the app mm-hmm. and like within 20 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah we, did, 20 we minutes, did like a truck focus shows group up. for a yeah. company. Uh, like that was almost a year ago. You know yeah, what? Right. I'll be honest. I ordered something recently from a different company mm-hmm. and the way they do it on the app was fascinating. They don't put any brands out there. It's really? just the names. I was ordering flour. So it just showed what me state the- is this? California. It's here. Wow. And uh, so I just picked the strain I wanted mm-hmm. and then I didn't know what it was until I probably could have seen the brand at some point. But mm-hmm. to be honest, I didn't be that wasn't that specific and I wanted it mm-hmm. came to my door in like 20 minutes. Wow. Interesting. I had to go out. He doesn't come or she doesn't come to the door. You have to go out to the vehicle. What company is this? Grass, grass door. Grass door. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was great, a great experience. I loved it, and I loved the fact that like it was very brandless. Yeah, it was very. It was, there was a, lots of mysteries to it, like the Trader Joe's like of cannabis. Or there is a company actually called Brandless out there. Have you yeah. heard of them? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'll end up like that, but you're always going to have, like I said, the California cannabis snobs that I have become myself. You don't know the difference until you go to the Emerald Triangle, right? Just like if you enjoy wine, you don't know the difference until you go to wine country, whether it's up north here or you go out to Bordeaux, you see wine is wine. Cannabis is the same. Like a lot of the new entrepreneurs in the industry, they don't see it any different. They don't know any different until you go up north. You go so to we Mendo, need to go on a field trip. Yes, you go to Santa Rosa, you go to Mendo, you go up there. It's different. The weed is different. Uh, it's, it's better quality. Uh, you have like literally generations of farmers, generations of love being put into that soil down there. It is different. But the the, the farms they, they don't you know have like tasting rooms like in the wine country. They, some of them there's do. going to be. Oh yeah, Truly? That's, yeah. It's, some there's of them a do. whole yeah. travel. It's like a category. sign on the road saying you know yeah. free samples. I don't know if it's a sign on the road, but that's where there's a whole travel industry emerging from cannabis. There's cannabis yes. retreats and cannabis. Yes. Yeah, cannabisism is is, is going to be is yeah. going to be huge, especially yeah. in the CBD wellness, especially in the CBD it's like side. Like a of wellness spa. As kinda. far as like a thing, well, funny thing with cannabisism is that you know you were on it, but you don't remember any place you went, and then you're uh, hungry after. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have food tied to it as well. Rico, you're amazing. Yes. The event is um, is Canagather. Yes, it can be found online canagather.com. Um, can, I, can, I have, can, I, can I plug my other events? Yeah. Oh, too? please. Absolutely. All right. Dude. So, yeah, Can I Gather is the first Tuesday in uh, in L.A. and the third Tuesday in, uh, is every month. First Tuesday every month in L.A., uh, third Tuesday every month in um, in Orange County. And it's in well. 18 cities mm-hmm. across the country. Yeah, 18 cities across the country. Thank you, sir. Thank <laughs> you for coming love. to Thank you so hog. much. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. Yes. It's Meryl Schindler. It's Joanna Belson. It's Phil Grande. Ooh. We are having the, the best old time. I'm here. Yes. Thank you, sir. We're doing our own kind of gather right in your um. Yes, we are right in our studio. Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's a small, it's a mini gathering, if you will. It's Schindler. I'll catch you <laughs> next time. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 
Behind the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. High in the Hog, the podcast.com. That's High in the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend.